What's up, Nana Nation and lovers of the Awkward Throat Clear podcast with Aaron Chalupa. This is episode five of the Awkward Throat Clear. This one, Aaron Chalupa interviews or has a conversation with Delta Greg. You'll have to listen in to find out more. Uh, quick side note, on the podcast here at the Nafta 30 Podcast Network, we have a small hiccup. If there's anybody out there in the world of tech that could help us out, we could certainly use it. We're looking for someone who knows what they're talking about when it comes to code because I am lost AF. Check it out. Help us out. As always, find us on all our social media platforms. Nafta 30 Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Friendster, MySpace, all that good stuff. With that being said, we're also hoping to get the Not After 30 podcast sub-series. Uh, we're going to be dads finished up. Uh, Mike Perconi and I are trying to make time. It's really, really tough. Hang in there. There will be a conclusion for those waiting for it. And thus, the awkward th- clear continues. Throat clear. Now here's your host, Erin Chalupa. How's it going on After 30 Podcast listeners? This is Erin Chalupa, the Ch- Chalupa Cabra. Uh, com- coming live from you guys, coming live to you guys. Jeez, I'm already twisting, <laughs> tongue twisting my words. I was on the radio so much, flying in the front seat, the helicopter. Uh, yeah, so we're coming live uh, from Meander River Fuel Cache, which is kind of north of high level. You guys probably won't even know where that is. I'm um, here with a good friend of mine and an uh, excellent pilot, uh, Greg Reed. How are you doing there, Greg? Good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fantastic. Just living up life in, living uh, the dream. in the middle of a really sunny, hot mm-hmm. fuel cache right mm-hmm. now with no service and watching the rookie just struggle with my air lounger. <laughs> so sad. He's wearing his Dunlops, too. I, I just don't understand it. Yeah. He's those those, those he's got to be sweltering. feet soup for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Big yeah. time. Yeah. And, and the inflation level on uh, said inflating device is not very good. It no. does not look comfortable at all. It, what, what was even funnier, I wish I could get a video. <laughs> he's, he's, struggling he's struggling right struggling now, right too. Now. <laughs> <laughs> What I thought was really funny was when he was trying to fill it up, and I wish I could have taken a video and put it on the, the podcast uh, page, but that didn't happen. But then we got Rowan, he's whittling wood off in the corner, and Kevin's reading a book. So everyone's pretty content. We're just waiting for a fire right now on 5-Minute Getaway. So if we have to stop abruptly, that means that we had to go hightail it and get the frig out of Dodge there. So Save some trees. Yeah, so Greg, uh, tell us a little about yourself. Where you're from, uh, what do you do, all that kind of stuff. Where you, where you are in your life. Yeah, I uh, originally grew up in the Vancouver area and um, been in high level for, well, this is year number six. And uh, yeah, with this job, I mean, I've been I've been all over Canada. I started out working in uh, heli logging. It was my first commercial helicopter job mm-hmm. um, uh, as far as flying goes. Uh, before that, I was a maintenance engineer uh, wrenching on uh, flow planes and stuff uh, out of Vancouver. And then uh, moved to Peace River for a couple of years, high level, Williams Lake, Kelowna, Winnipeg. And, and in that level. order or just like? Yeah, zigzag. in that order. Oh, wow. So you really bounced around a yeah. few different spots. So, you know, here, there and everywhere. Um, so, yeah, I've seen uh, this job has afforded me, uh, you know, the ability to see a lot of this country that not most people can see and do things that most people can't do. And, you know, it's been been pretty good. 
Right on, right on. How was your time in Peace River? Because I actually I grew up in Grimshaw, not too far away. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I love Peace River. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, totally. I did uh, two and a half years there, and uh, unfortunately, the company uh, had to lay a bunch of people off. And was that uh, Ultra? That was Ultra. Yeah. Oh, I know Ultra. Do you know a guy named David Honer? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, he was an engineer there at the time. Yeah. 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 He's with Eagle now, I think. No, no, no. Sorry, Alpine. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say last time I checked, he was uh, Alpine in Kelowna. Yeah. I actually I grew up with him. No, no shit. Yeah, so David, we were talking about his dad the, uh, yeah. a little while ago. Brian well, that's his, his dad. dad. Yeah. Okay, that's why I recognize yeah. his name. And he's been in aviation for years, too. Like, he used to run a tanker base as well. And yeah. Yeah, he's everywhere, so. Yeah, super good uh, dude. Yeah, my buddy Morgan knows him uh, knows him quite well as well. So, yeah. Um, no, I loved Peace River. It was, it was a great little town. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, I remember that was the first place I went after I left Vancouver. And uh, I remember uh, driving up, and I, I think I got north of Whitecourt. And I'm like, holy shit, what have I gotten myself into? Because it was just flat as a pancake. I'm like, oh, <laughs> fuck, here we go. Yeah. And then you kind of go past Nampa, and then it's it's okay. And then yeah. and then you get up to uh, to the hill, and you start looking down into the valley. Coming yeah, up from smoky the, uh, river. Yep, yeah, from the, from the A little east. smoky, yeah. And, uh, and then going down in the valley, I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. And, uh, and it was, it was a great little place to live. People were friendly. Um, you know, the company was, was good. Mm -hmm. Um, parts of it were anyway. And, and, and the group of dudes we had there was, was, was just awesome. I'm still friends with, with a couple guys. Uh, Excellent. Uh, today from that company. Um, so yeah, it was a really good experience. I was a pilot engineer, um, so I got a mix of, of both, mostly mostly wrenching. Okay. Um, and uh, explain to listeners, like, some might be interested in the pilot game, but at the same time, might not exactly know what mm. the job names are. Like, when I say, oh, yeah, I'm a hell attack sub-leader, they're like, okay, well, what's your job? Yeah, okay. So we have to play a little bit down, down <laughs> a little bit, sorry. Yeah, so um, I, wrenching uh, being a, a helicopter... Uh, uh, or they call it an aircraft maintenance engineer. Okay. Uh, or AME for short. Mm -hmm. um, so you start out as being an apprentice. You go to school. You're an apprentice. Mm -hmm. And uh, then you write some exams. It's a little different now. Um, but uh, essentially, yeah, you, you go to school. You write your, your exams. Mm -hmm. You do your apprenticeship time period. You apply to the government. And then they give you an aircraft maintenance engineer license. And then depending on uh, what kind of aircraft you're working on uh, will dictate further training from there. Mm -hmm. um, so I've worked on everything from little Cessnas to R44s all the way up to, uh, you know, Bell 205s. Mm -hmm. um, so a uh, wide variety uh, of experience and, and different different ways to do maintenance, you know, hangar-based maintenance, field-based maintenance, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, uh, very good experience there. It, it broke me into helicopters uh, very well. Because uh, I learned uh, how the machines work, mm -hmm. uh, how to maintain them, how to take care of them, how to operate around them. Because as an engineer uh, in the helicopter field, uh, you you know if you're out on the job with the pilot, um, you you are part of the job. Mm -hmm. You know, so you are helping uh, load nets or or you know do things, help out the customer, anything to make the job go a little bit better. Yep. You really work as a team. Uh, that's that's what I found. So working with the pilots, that really helped me uh, in my flying career uh, move forward. Uh, uh, but as a pilot, um, it's very hard to get going uh, as a helicopter pilot these days. Um, back, um, you know, back in the early 70s, 80s, 
probably 70s. Um, most people would come up to this this geographical area, like the, the high-level Zama, Rainbow Lake. Yes. And they would come up here, and, and this is where you would cut your teeth. This is where you would learn to fly because it's flat. The weather is somewhat predictable, mm. um, you know, and most of the sites you're going to uh, for oil and gas um, were or are, sorry, prepared. Yeah. So you've got a lease site to go into, which is, you know, what, 100 meters by 100 meters? Yeah, exactly. Or... Yeah, so... Yeah, a hector. A hector, yeah. yeah. So it, it's a pretty, you know, for a young pilot, it, it was a great place to be. Uh, but nowadays, uh, the, uh, the the requirements, the customer requirements for... Um, the, the customer requirements for pilot hours are as such that a low-time pilot can't come here anymore. So you have to scrape and fight and get hours where you can whether you're flying tours uh, down in uh, southwestern Alberta mm -hmm. or you're flying traffic like I did in Winnipeg, uh, you need to get those, you know, those first 500 to 1,000 hours under your belt before yep. you're really a, a marketable And that's pilot. when you're in the air flying? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah. I had a buddy that uh, I was in junior forest rangers with, and he was going to be a helicopter pilot, and he was doing a lot of tours in, um, I believe it was the Grand Cache area, mm -hmm. and he was saying it was... You know, after you get those 500, those 1,000 hours, I don't even think you finish that. But uh, after you get past that, it's a little bit better. But you're really struggling at the beginning. Yeah, no, absolutely. Very mundane work, it's, kind of. It's a struggle. And, I mean, that's that's <coughs> why I traveled around so much was 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 chasing chasing the flying. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, some decisions were good. Some decisions were not. That's life. That's how it goes. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I just, I just rolled with the punches. And it wasn't really until... Um, you know, I got, uh, as far as the flying goes, I mean, I was well established in my maintenance career, but you know, when I got to, uh, Winnipeg was when I really got a full-time flying gig and, uh, what company was that? Uh, that was, um, the, the company who operated it was called LR helicopters. They're okay. out of uh, Springbank, and it was for CTN. Um, and that was just, uh, flying a, a 44 around Winnipeg doing the, uh, the traffic. Mm -hmm. So I was a pilot engineer on that little guy. So that got me the time I needed. And uh, when my time was over there, I came back up to high level. And uh, I've been here ever since. Sweet. Yeah. Right on. I was going to mention, too, in the, in the Peace River, uh, it could be, yeah, like you said, it could be pretty flat as a pancake and really boring uh, topography for sure. But like, you can find those nice little spots. Like, thank God Peace River's got that ski hill. And oh, yeah. He also got the, um, what do you want to call it there? Um, the Shaftesbury Trail. Shaftesbury Trail. Big Judah. fan of that. Yeah, yeah um, Judah Hill. Yeah, like I used to ride my bike from my apartment all the way up the hill, go mm -hmm. up to the top, and you're just overlooking the River Valley, even 12 foot Davis. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, beautiful. it's just, just sit there and like overlook the valley. And mm -hmm. It's just like, it's gorgeous. Yeah. You know, and, and there and there is something to be said about the prairies. I mean, now that now that I'm, you know, I've been in Alberta for so long and been in the north for so long, I mean, there there's a certain beauty about the prairies. Yes, I completely agree. Um, so living in that area, you have the illusion of mountains because you're in the river valley, which is great. And then you go up and you, if you have to go for a flight or something, it's like nice and flat. So it's like you kind of both worlds, right? Totally. No, it's like up here too when you go to the Peace River Valley, mm. uh, like near Fort Million, and you get the, the, uh, the sorry, the Peace River shoots yep. just past, past Fort Million. Yep. And then also you get to see the caribous. Yep. And then once you get a little bit closer to BC, the little past Bishtu, I believe there's some mountains. Oh, sorry, not mountains, but hills there yep. as well. Yeah. 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 You start getting towards Fort Nelson there. You start yeah. getting some more. Exactly. Uh, but I mean, with, with, with the job we do up here, you know, whether you're flying or helitack or whatever, mm -hmm. I mean, 
you, you, like like yesterday when we were out on our patrol. Yep. You know, I mean, we saw a good chunk of this district, and there's there's some nice spots up here. Yeah, and like it really changed over the time too, and I thought that was really good for the rookie um, because I think he's only really flown around the high level area. We haven't really gone too much near Ponton Tower, yep. which is um, in the middle of our district almost, and it's got a very nice river, and it's mm -hmm. right on the top of the, some bigger hills. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's, it can be really neat, too. You can see the different trees in the, the air as well, and it's such a large district that, you know, it will change over time. Even if you go south of uh, Buffalo Tower, oh, yeah. closer to, like, the Peace and Slave yep. District, yep. that can change dramatically, and, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, I was going to ask here, when you're first flying your... Uh, 500,000 hours. Are you flying in one type of helicopter? They get you, they get you to bounce around in a few different helicopters. I started, um, I started out, uh, well, my first helicopter was a Bell 47. That's what I trained on. Mm -hmm. And then after that, uh, I was a co-pilot. And that's a light, correct? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you can call that okay. a light. Um, and then uh, from there, I was heli-logging on the 61 as a co-pilot. Mm -hmm. um, and from there, then there was the Jet Ranger and uh, the Long Ranger. And, uh, yeah, uh, once I got to Winnipeg, it was strictly the 44. That's all the company uh, ran uh, as far as that uh, stuff goes. Um, so, yeah, I just got my time, just kept building my time on that and, mm -hmm. and uh, came back to Delta and uh, worked out really well. So when you worked for Delta, that was once you got to high level? Uh, yeah, so that was 2009 was 2009. Uh, the first time I worked for Delta. Okay. And uh, I was mostly an engineer again, uh, wrenching on the 204s. Um, or the Bell Huey um, back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, and, I recognize uh, the name. Yeah. So started out uh, mostly with uh, wrenching on those, the 206 uh, Jet Ranger and the Long Ranger. Um, didn't really wrench on the A-Star at all. Um, and then, you know, I got odd, odd jobs flying here and there, ferry flights, maintenance flights, mm -hmm. uh, that kind of stuff. And then, um, yeah, decided to make a move. Uh, and then went to Williams Lake. So for um, when you're when you're a helicopter pilot in these kind of companies right now, oh, let's let's also touch that you are the Delta hangar base manager for the high level of the district, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, what kind of clientele do you get usually? You get so obviously you get forestry, you get us. Uh, you also get some tree planters. We're actually right next to a tree planting camp, and we're surrounded by Delta helicopters as well. <laughs> yeah, they're everywhere. <laughs> yeah, they're doing all kinds of stuff. They're slinging loads and whatnot. Um, you also work with uh, Timber, so like Toco, yep. um, all those guys, the logger boys. Yep. Uh, what else might you do up in this district? Um, you know, we've done a little bit of uh, stuff for um, uh, like fishing lodges. There's, I did a couple flights for some fishing lodges. Uh, we've done archaeological surveys, um, oil and gas, of course, mm -hmm. uh, but but primarily uh, our business is uh, uh, pipelines. Um, so the uh, flying the guys around to do the maintenance on the pipelines and, and the related facilities, uh, Tolco and all aspects of that, uh, and then uh, firefighting and, uh, you know, odds and ends here and there. You wouldn't really fly anywhere for, like, uh, say, more recreational activities, say, uh, for like fishing or maybe hunting camps or something? Yeah, sometimes, um, yeah. but, you know, it's the, the, the helicopters are, are so expensive that it doesn't happen very often. Like, I took a guy... Uh, this was a couple years ago. I took him up to a place called Snake Lake, and uh, and he uh, just needed to get in to, uh, uh, I guess, open up his camp, check on it, do a couple things, and that was it. Otherwise, he had a float plane he used. Yes. Um, so the helicopter, it's it's just very expensive versus a fixed-wing aircraft. What would be the rates uh, for, I don't know, 
really know. Like, because like each machine is a different rate, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You, you would would you be using an A star in that case? Uh, that that uh, that trip I used a Jet Ranger. Okay, Jet Ranger. Yeah. How much was, is that uh, per hour? Uh, I think you know it's. I don't know the exact rates, but I think it's anywhere from a thousand to twelve hundred bucks an hour. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, say a float plane would be. Oh, you'd be. Less probably than half that. Less than half that. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. that's that's substantial for sure. Yeah, you'd probably be four to five hundred dollars an hour for for a float plane. Sweet. Would be my guess. Okay. Um, and they can also carry more, I'd imagine, as well. Than a Jet Ranger, yeah, probably depending on the float plane again. Okay. But uh, yeah, I mean, each each aircraft is is different, of course, different loads and different speeds and this, that, and the other. So it just depends on mm -hmm. on what aircraft it is. All right. So. What was your first impression when you got to high level? Like, did you look it up on a map and on Google or anything, or you just like come in here, park on? No, it was uh, we we got noticed that we were getting laid off uh, after the season. And uh, where was this? This was at Ultra. Okay, Ultra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we 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 had a feeling all wasn't well. We got back mm -hmm. from the season and. Uh, and we started, we got most of our winter maintenance done within the first like month. And then we were fixing the owner's house and doing roofing and yard work and yeah. skylights. And, and we kind of had a feeling that all was not uh, all that good. And uh, then I remember we, we went up to the office and we all kind of felt, felt what was going on. And, uh, and we were told that we were getting laid off. Um, so we, that was a pretty somber day, pretty shitty day, because like I said, we had just a, a great, great group of guys. Yeah. And, uh, and a boss, like our director of maintenance, so he's kind of in charge of all the, uh, the engineers. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and he fought for us as much as he, as much as he could. Yeah. So it was, it was a tough day for everybody. Um, so resume started going out, and uh, I got a hit with Delta, and uh, I, did, uh, I did a road trip, because it's three hours up the road from Peace. Yeah, it's not an uncommon area to go yep. to when you're in the Peace country. Yep. So I, I made the road trip up, never been to high level. All I heard was this, this terrible, awful place. <laughs> yeah, uh, Las Vegas. Uh, sorry, uh, sorry, Lost Level. They used yep. to call Vegas of the North. Vegas of the North. When we had uh, the Mirage. Mirage was, uh, was actually kind of more recent, but there was the, dust, the Stardust. Yep. Uh, Sahara. Yep. And the Flamingo. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So I I came up here and it was uh, it was a it was a fucking snowstorm. Mm. I, th I think I still have a picture of it. And I remember driving up going, what the hell? Like what the <laughs> what the fuck am I getting myself into here? Like yeah. holy shit, get up here and have a nice bullshit with the uh, the base manager at the time. And uh, you know he laid it out straight and. Uh, what I was going to be doing and all this kind of junk and, and uh, I remember I stopped at the A&Dub afterwards I was like ah oh, Jesus a good hangout yep <laughs> so where are you going high level and uh, and I said ah oh, shit I mean there was there was nothing else on the table so man's got to eat man's got to drink scotch so um, I took it and uh, and uh, so my, my impression my first impression of high level was terrible and I came up here with a, a real shitty attitude like I couldn't wait to get out of here mm -hmm. um, and you know it, uh, it it really dictated the next nine months I, I enjoyed the company I enjoyed the people I worked with very much um, but I just I couldn't get past I couldn't get past my perceived hatred of the town and as soon as I could get out of here I did mm -hmm. and it probably set my career back you know, two to three years, I would say. No kidding. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, like, how does that work? Does it just like 
the base manager might not give you the best reference or you're just you're, you're leaving and taking kind of a crappy job because you know like um as most places in the world if you go to kind of like you know no offense to high level but the armpit of the world mm -hmm. or the armpit of the the province you're you're gonna get a little bit more uh career opportunity um, uh whereas if you're say competing for an area like uh, Jasper or Canmore mm. or mm. Kelowna or Kamloops yeah. really nice spots are like uh, for our Ontario friends like Niagara Falls flying around there uh, you're going to be competing with a lot of people and maybe not making as much money yeah um, and then and then and that's the case uh, with with a lot in high level um, you know you can you can come here and you can excel uh, very quickly because a lot of people don't want to come up here mm -hmm. uh, because of the perceived awfulness of the town um, but I mean, I, I know people who have started at Tolco as, as students and have made it all the way up uh, to very high-level positions um, within, within that company. And uh, for, for me, if I would have stayed, um, I would, it would have been a long road because, as we talked about before, the, um, uh, the hour requirements. I didn't have enough hours at the time mm -hmm. to, to go out and fly. So there's a very, very limited amount of work I could do. Um, and that was one of the reasons why I left. Um, you know, I left on my own accord. Um, you know, it was a, it was a personal decision and, uh, I went to Williams Lake and, uh, for a company and they said I was going to have, you know, uh, they were going to provide me with a, a mountain course, which is an endorsement to fly in the mountains because yep. mountain flying is very, uh, uh, very dangerous. Um, if you don't know what you're doing. So, yep. you know, they were going to provide me a mountain course, uh, a Bell 407 maintenance course, which they did, um, and uh, I was going to be the base manager, base engineer, base pilot to the okay. Williams Lake base. Yep. And, uh, you know, I was back in BC and I was like, oh, okay, uh, that sounds like a good deal. And it sounded like a good deal. And uh, I let uh, Delta know and they're like, yeah, you know what? It sounds like a good deal. You should, you should go after it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I'm, I think the company uh, put me there. They, they saw a guy who could, uh, they could manipulate and put in a position Um to uh, build the base, I never flew an hour for them. I never even sat in the seat as wow. as, as far as being a pilot. Um, you know, I was, you know, I did everything I could. I joined the Chamber of Commerce. I Holy Lord, yeah. I played uh, hockey with uh, a bunch of the mills in town. Uh, you know, trying to build relationships yeah. and, and, yeah, and, and network being, a little. Yeah, and being a base manager is much much about that. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and then uh, yeah, I got uh, laid off out of that and. Whew, put the pieces back together and, and got a job for the summer and uh, with another company based out of Kelowna. And that's why I moved down there. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, it was, uh, it was uh, tumultuous for sure. And then I did a road trip. Um, that's, that might be a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was pretty awesome. Where, where was the start to the end? Uh, started out in, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just touch on the, the highlights and then maybe jump to another time. Kelowna, Vancouver, Washington, Oregon, Northern California, Nevada, and then basically worked my way all the way across to the eastern seaboard, um, from the eastern seaboard up into the Maritimes, all the way around oh, Nova sure. Scotia, uh, you know, uh, Cape Breton, um, you know, through back through Quebec, uh, Ontario, and then across the prairies. Please tell me this was in the Delica. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Greg had this wonderful van, and uh, was probably another one of the things that uh, made us grow together. Was uh, <laughs> our, I, love I, vans. our love of our vans? Our love like, of vans. I didn't have the the classiest <laughs> of vehicles. Well, that was considered a van. Like I had a 2002 Honda Odyssey minivan. 
But, Sexy uh, Beast Man. It, I, you Sexy know, beast. It, it did me really well. It did yeah. me very, very well. Vans are great. They are great. I would have loved to you know, have that kind of cool, and we are talking about this before, yeah. uh, when, when we're on Man Up, uh, we have lots of time to talk to one another, so I figured we'd just throw a microphone here too, but uh, Greg and I have very, very, very often talked about uh, what our dream vans would be, mm. and I, I'm a big fan of the V-Dub Westphalia, yeah. but, you know, the vans, as, as cool as they are, they can be a big money pit too. Mm. Yes, they can. A lot of, ma a lot of yes, maintenance because you're on the road so much, and then, you know, yours was an import, Yep. Because it was the steering wheel was on the right hand side. Right hand drive imported from Japan. Yep. Was it standard as well? No, it was a manual. Okay. You can get the standard, um, but no, mine was a manual with. Uh, it was a two point four liter diesel, mm -hmm. turbocharged diesel with no intercooler, mm -hmm. um, four wheel drive, solid rear axle, independent front suspension. Um, you know, I put one hundred eighty thousand kilometers on that van in the time that I owned it, and the only time it ever gave me a problem was in my parents' driveway when it blew uh, uh, an oil line going to the uh, going to the turbo. I was went downstairs, fired it up, and then, you know, just let it warm up. And I get back upstairs and look back out at it off the balcony, and it's like this black pool coming out from under the Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> I can bail downstairs, shut it off, and, uh, and uh, just ordered up a new line. There's a, a company on the island, and they, yep. they stock a bunch of parts for those things. And, of course, uh, Vancouver Island would. Yep, Vancouver Island, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Coombs, of course. Yeah. Coombs yeah. Country Auto, yeah. shout out. Um, Half the population lives in vans there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. Like, you go to the island there. Oh, every, everywhere, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. yeah, every kind of van like, yeah. a, a, imaginable. Yeah, and that's the only time it ever, it ever let me down. Like, that road trip was six weeks, and I think it was over 20,000 kilometers. Wow. Um, lived in it. Um, but yeah, like I said, another podcast. But yeah, uh, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, our love of vans is runs deep. Yeah, yeah, no, most definitely. <laughs> uh, so okay, so you ended up in Kelowna. Yeah. And then you did your big trip. What did you do after you got? Because this this trip was how long? The trip was six weeks. Um, six weeks. That's a lot of driving for six yeah, weeks. Yeah, it was a lot of driving. Yeah. Um, so that was just like kind of a little vacation. Go collect yourself. It, it, exactly. It yeah. was. A, it Forget was a fly myself. Do. Yeah. There was a, a bunch of shit that happened uh, in my personal life. Um, girls of course yes um yes and uh i i i got i got uh, i mean to be blunt i got fucked up and mm -hmm. um and uh i remember i was i was back home i was on ei and uh, i was at my parents place my dad said you should go for a drive because i mean i was on ei and uh, he said you should go for a drive and he's like just just keep your receipts i'll pay for the gas just okay. go just get out of here yeah because i mean i was i That's was a pretty, good old man right there yeah oh no it was awesome it was super awesome and i said really he's like yep uh so the first thing i did was found a uh i found a, a ticket for for my my football team at uh green bay packers there so i got to watch game at lambeau field yes. and uh and essentially uh i just kind of worked my schedule off of that particular fixed date because that was the only fixed date i had mm -hmm. and it was just just a drive and uh it it took it wasn't until I got to probably the Maritimes before I started kind of getting back around to being yeah. normal. And then coming back across, uh, you know, west through uh, Toronto. So I went down to Toronto and then worked my way up and mm -hmm. west across the prairies. I stopped at places that I knew along the way, dumping out resumes. You know, I just papered. No, I papered no everything. kidding. Totally, totally. Papered everything. Everybody that I, I could think of, I threw the resumes out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if you're a low-time pilot, that's what you have to do. you gotta, no, you yes. got to get in a car and you got to drive. You know, it's very similar to Brewing World, I find. Because yeah. there's, so, like, especially nowadays where breweries are popping up here and there and everywhere. Yep. You, and the, the, the hiring field is so huge where everyone's like, oh, I want to play brewer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thankfully, I had some really good networking skills as well, and yep. I knew some people that knew some people that knew some people. 
and I was able to do that as well. But I totally agree with you with, um, you know, sometimes a road trip really helps it. And I'm not talking just like, you know, uh, Grimshaw to, or Peace River to Edmonton, mm-hmm. which is like a five-hour drive. I'm talking like a month or more because, like, I've done Edmonton all the way to Florida and then back. Yep. That was really good. And then I did Australia where I was in Melbourne, had a vehicle, and drove all the way like around. I just went to, like, the Melbourne. Like, you said it like a super Aussie there. Oh, there. you have to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try not to offend anyway. Like, even if I'm talking about, like, s- soccer, yeah. and I know the person's European yeah. or, like, African or something like that, I'll be like, oh, football. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, you call it football? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, when when I'm around you, I will. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, uh, Melbourne went all the way around the whole country back yeah. to Melbourne. So, and that was with a, a great vehicle, a 2002, sorry, 92 hold there Commodore. Go. There you go. So that was Sexy great. car. And how old were you when you did this drive? Uh, oh, shit. That would have been, so it was 11, 2011 or 2010. Okay. Uh, no, it would have been 2010. Yeah, 2010 for sure because it was Olympics. Because I remember I watched the, oh, yeah. I remember I watched the gold medal game at the Williams Lake Arena. I was coaching hockey. We finished the game early. Mm-hmm. And we both, like, both coaches, like, we talked, and it was like, yeah, okay, game's, game's over, second period, like, yeah. end of the second, we're done, okay, showers, and then into game, the auditorium, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and, uh, yeah, I remember I watched the game, and that was that, that was that February, I guess. Yeah, so it'll be 20, yeah. 2010, February. 2010. You want, to, you want to know what I was doing during the mm. game? Getting my open water certification when I was scuba diving. I, oh. missed, I missed the game and I had to watch oh, it later dude. online. And somebody and somebody ruined it for me too. I'm like, on the boat, I'm like, nobody tell me what the score is because they were kind of interested because there's a few other Canadians on the boat. Yep. And then we get in, I go to the hostel, I'm turning on the computer, I'm, I'm paying for the cheap, yep. stupid internet. And I just, I'm just trying to like watch, like the, it's like the fast, mm-hmm. so like 30 minutes, a condensed game. So I was like, I know it's kind of cheating, but I just want to see what happens. And somebody comes by, he's like, oh, you're watching the game, eh? And it's like, yeah. They, they, they saw it kind of bounce around. It's like, ah, oh, what, a, what a crazy overtime win for yeah. Canada. I'm like, dude, I'm watching the condensed version. I missed it all. I was scuba diving. And he's like, oh, sorry, sorry. And then later on that night, we all went to celebrate our graduation for the open water. And uh, I was wearing my Canadian hockey jersey. Yeah. And this uh, this girl at a bar, uh, she recognizes that I'm wearing this Canadian jersey. She's like, are you from Canada? I'm like, yeah. I'm thinking that she, she was too. I'm like, where are you from? She's like, oh, I'm from Tennessee. I'm like, Loser! <laughs> and then she had this face on her that was just like she got punched in the gut or something. I felt really bad afterwards, but I was drunk and really, really high on life from winning mm. that gold medal. Mm. Yeah, we won it. I mean, that Team Canada won it. Yeah, so that was just unreal. Yeah, that was um, that was pretty special. Like, it was it was crazy because we had both teams in there. And we had like just a bunch of people from the community because in Williams Lake they got like a big big screen in this auditorium. Yeah, yeah. And and I tell you, man, like watching that with everybody, like it was overtime and 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 everybody was just like, oh my god, white oh knuckles, my god. oh my god, fixated. Everyone's holding their breath. Yeah, and yeah. then and then it happened and the place just erupted. Yeah, everyone's standing up at the same time. Erupted. It was it was one of the greatest greatest experiences ever. How's the rookie doing? It's, hold, it's holding air. It, <laughs> it sure does not look comfortable. Is, is his head on the ground and not, his feet are in the air? Not quite. The, the feet are definitely <laughs> higher than the torso. Um, it, it, I would know. Rookies sometimes, man. I just don't get them. Oh, rookies. So after your trip, yep. you got a job. Yeah, I did. It was uh, it was a word of mouth thing, which which I'm sure it's the same, like you said, in, in your company. It's word of mouth and knowing people and uh, networking. And uh, it was my buddy's wife flight trained at this place, I oh, think. Oh, killer. And uh, so I went, uh, went down to, uh, to Springbank and, and had a chit-chat. And, yeah, it worked out. And uh, they said, well, we got a job for you as a pilot engineer in, in Winnipeg. And I said, 
let's go. So I, I basically sold all my worldly possessions. I kept whatever I could fit in the van and uh, started driving east and uh, rented a furnished apartment in Winnipeg in St. Boniface, which is a beautiful little uh, little place. That's another town that gets shit on a lot is Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah, you know, like... At one point, it was the third largest uh, city in Canada. It's one of the oldest cities in Canada, it's too. It's a very, very old city. I think what happened was is that everyone got on the train to go out west, and they're like, Jesus, if I go any further west, my finger's <laughs> going to fall off either smoking a dart. And then, you know, for whatever reason, there's more pioneers that kept going all the way to Vancouver, and they're like, oh, look at this paradise. Yeah, and everyone settled down, all the Ukrainians and Eastern Europeans that settled yep. in Winnipeg, like, ah, fuck. <laughs> it's like minus 20, just let's packing just, the dart. Let's <laughs> just drink these uh, Slurpees in minus 40 right now, yeah. just to be ironic <laughs> yeah but yeah no, i've been through winnipeg a few times and you know it's it's not bad it's got a really cool culture i would have loved to be there in the 70s oh yeah oh man like with the with the guess who just blowing up the charts and yeah. they had the the canada versus russia game there yeah. as well like yeah. it was a boom in town then it, you know what and and it's a very you know i i of course i went and you know everybody shits on winnipeg just mm -hmm. like everybody shits on high level <laughs> um and uh but i mean living there it was it was really neat i mean saint b is a neat little uh kind of french town mm -hmm. um but it was a nice little walk across the across the bridge to get downtown i mean i could be downtown a 10 minute walk you know 20 minute stumble back home mm -hmm. um and uh you know lots of culture lots of great food lots of great music um the the summers are are full of festivals and and gatherings and you know it was it was really good and when i was there flying the traffic that's when the jets got announced Oh, uh, they nice. were coming back. Yeah. So I remember we were trying to fly traffic and, and do news that day. And uh, and uh, we got a, we got a, a little bit of time in and then the ceiling got down too low. Uh, so we had to head back and, uh, and and kibosh the day. So I went home, parked my uh, parked my van, walked across the bridge and went and uh, partied with everybody down at the forks. And yeah, wow, what a what a time that was. But yeah, great, great little town. Great little town. For sure, for sure. So did you, the, before the, the Jets came into play, I guess you were gone by the time they started their season, but uh, were you much of a, a Moose fan? Yeah. Was it, was it the Moose? Yeah, Manitoba Moose. Manitoba Moose, yeah. yeah. They, were the, they used to be the farm team for the Nucks. Yeah, and you're a Canucks fan. Yeah. Yeah, let's, uh, we're not going to leave that one one of the guys actually funny <laughs> enough he grew up in milton ontario which is just outside of toronto his name's ashton roberts he's a big canucks fan yeah and still i really don't understand why yeah it's like you're it's... surrounded by toronto i guess he just wanted another bad team to cheer for Ooh. yeah Ooh. yeah ouch twist that knife you know what since this, <laughs> this is relevant to the podcast right now did you see the whole thing about Brian Burke saying that he might move the team to Quebec? I did see that. Yeah, the I read that. To I read that last night. Oh man, what a good laugh! <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Say what you want about Brian Burke, but he speaks his mind. He doesn't take any shit. Yeah. He, and it was like, I guess some guy was was, like, what? You don't think I've got a place to go yeah. with like, Quebec? They've got a world class. They got an NHL class rank right yep. now. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. We can go there. Yep. We've got places to go. Well, first he needs we to, learn need how to tie rank. a tie. Oh, that's Brian Burke. <laughs> <laughs> he, it's it's his thing. It's always undone. He's kind of half, kind of looking half drunk, and it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's Brian Burke. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember when he was with the Nucks, and, uh, and and I really thought he was a great GM. And I mean, Dave Nonis took over for him, and oh. and he did a great job. And I'm sure, mo a lot of people would argue these uh, these facts, but uh, um, yeah, it's 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 a tough time to be a Canucks fan right now, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I would say the biggest thing I give Brian Burke props for is being able to swing the Sedins. 
Yeah. And avoid Patrick, Patrick Stefan. <laughs> yeah. How amazing yeah. was that? He yeah. did a good job. Very good yeah. job on that part. But because Brian Burke and, uh, Brian Burke and uh, Kevin Lowe, I wasn't really a big, the, the biggest Brian Burke fan. Mm, yeah. Understandable. Yeah, but yeah, whatever. Anyways, uh, so after Winnipeg, then you ended up back in high level. Yeah. Um, and, and like, how did that end up? Like, how did you, why, why did you make the, the, the jump from Winnipeg to, to high uh, level? I was, I was fired. You were fired. fired. I was fired, yeah. Do you want to talk about why you got fired? Yeah, I think, I, I think it was a personality conflict. Oh, okay. Um, and, um, Here, I was thinking it would be some kind of cool, uh, got the, the Winnipeg Blue Bomber cheer team in the helicopter. Yeah, Flew no. somewhere, had a bit of a party. Yeah, no, I wish it were cool like that. No. <laughs> I, I, I wish it was a better story, but no, I... Uh, I, they, I was uh, still within my probationary period, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it, from my point of view, I believe there was a, I guess there was a personality conflict, and I showed up for work. Um, uh, no, no, no. We landed after our morning flight, and everything was absolutely hunky-dory, and uh, I went, I fueled up my machine, rolled it inside, did the windows, got it ready for the uh, the afternoon flight, and then went into the office, and there was nobody there. What? And then um, I was actually on the phone with my landlord at the time. And uh, then I see one of the guys from, from Springbank. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the, what the fuck is he doing here? And then it just, it clicked. And uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. I got a check for two weeks and uh, that was that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I was pretty pissed off. Like actually very, very pissed off. Um, you know, um, that was pretty much it. So, uh, that and how was, many years were you in Winnipeg at the time? Oh, it was less than ten months. Less than ten months. No, wow. not even. It was probably eight months. Holy man! Uh, no, six. Yeah, it was probably less than six. Fair. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it was a super bummer because you know you, you know, I was in Peace River for two and a half years. I was in high level for like ten ten months. Uh, and then I went to Williams Lake, which was, uh, you know, about the same. And then I was in Kelowna for a very short period of time, like three, four months. And then it was road trip and then out to Winnipeg for six months. So, I mean, I'm just moving, moving, yeah, moving, moving. Yeah, and that's frustrating. Oh, God, I hate it. And um, so anyway, so I got fired out of there. I made a very angry phone call to uh, my friends back at, uh, at Delta. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, I ended up... Uh, they offered me a job back in high level. And, uh, you know, I had, a, there was another possibility on the table, but Delta, I knew the people, I knew the equipment, I knew the area, mm-hmm. I knew the town. And I was like, you know what? You know, and I, and I had, I got over that hump. I had that 500 that mm-hmm. I needed. Um, and, and uh, I said, okay, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's make this happen. And um, you know what? I came back with a positive attitude and uh, it's six years later. Yeah. So it's uh, it's real nice to be uh, real nice to be in in one spot. I mean, even though I've moved pretty much every year since I've been in high level, <laughs> yeah. um, at least it's not like over the more than five k. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> it's like across town, and your buddies can help you for a case of beer and a pizza. Yeah, exactly, which is nice. So it's been uh, it's been real good, you know. Hi, Noah. <sighs> <sighs> Rookies. Rookies. <laughs> I didn't want you to open the door, but okay, yeah, come on in. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, well, yeah, I, that was if we had a, a getaway call. But now that you're here, you can just throw it in the back. Do you want me to try and shove it in more? 
<laughs> they can't they can't see what you're you're doing so that sounds awesome but yeah yeah yes. totally shove it in there just just shove it in real hard well, I have to take it out there's too much oh okay yeah try that again <laughs> good job buddy <laughs> oh, right. you just can't teach them they just they just learn over time yeah it's yeah, just like what it was in the simpsons where um lisa does a little uh, hamster experiment Oh, with, with Bart. The, with the, with the yep. cupcake attached to electric, you know, electricity. Yep. yep. Yeah, I think that's, that's how the rookie learns over that's time. That's another great show. Fun, fun times. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so you come up to a high level, and there's a fire, a uh, Savage Prairie fire right next to La Crete, and yep. who do you meet there? I, I think I met this lovely bearded man beside <laughs> me. Um, yeah, that was... Uh, that was my first uh, my first fire, I think. Really? Yeah, I think wow. it was. Uh, who were you flying around at the time? Were you flying IA? No, I was doing assessment with a jet ranger. Do you know who you were flying with? Who the, assess Ooh, the assessor was? No. I remember. I don't think flying... it was Amanda at the time. No, I, 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 I know assessing. I flew Kenny around for sure. I think my... Ken was on that fire. Yeah, because that was my first uh, tight line GPS. I'm I like... would say Ken or maybe Michelle Sisterniak there. Oh, I, I flew Michelle for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I flew a bunch of people on that fire. That was uh, that was a very interesting fire for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I ended up this, one of the people in the Crete wrote an article about what we were doing up there and they did kind of an interview with me. Well, not really an interview, just a couple of questions. Oh, so you're and, a pro now, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, and in the article, I was Captain Craig. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, so like the running joke for a couple of years after that fire was, oh, hey, it's Captain Craig. I'm like, hey, <laughs> what's up? Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's, it was, uh, it was good. It was a great fire. Um, I know that to, to people listening, that might sound a little weird, but. Uh, well, it, great in the sense that it ran smoothly. Yeah. Uh, it might've given you a lot of work experience. Yes. And that way you meet more yep. people too. Yep. Um, you so, know, and, and it was a good fire in the sense that we got it done and we, it didn't burn anybody. No, no, we. I don't uh, think, even think it burned any houses, did nope. it, or structures. No, 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 no. We got her, we got her stopped. Yeah. So that was, that was the big thing. And then after that, I think it was Zama mm -hmm. and uh, away we go. So no, it was, uh, it was good. It was real good. Right that's, that's yeah. That's where we met each other, and that was. I wasn't even a hack at the time. I was a fire patrolman. Issuing, you were you were doing permits. fire permits. Yeah, I remember that. I think you offered me uh, a ride with. You yeah, know, you you were flying Ken at the time because uh, you were like, oh, I could talk to Ken because yeah. I knew Ken. Uh, well, at that point, I knew Ken pretty well, and I think I don't think I did go for a flight with you. No, I don't think we did. Maybe another time. I think it was another time with um, uh, radio. Somebody yeah. that was on radio. I got to go jump in with them. I think it was next time I swung by. I think I was doing some hot shotting or something like that yep. while it was issuing permits. And yeah, I think I flew with you, Kenny, and then a radio dispatcher, and then myself. Mm. And then, um, yeah, I think we just flew around the the, the fire a little bit. Kenny yeah. did his assessment. We just stayed quiet in the back, and then we landed and went on. Because that was a real treat for me, because as a patrolman, you don't really fly around that often. No. Like, we get to issue fire permits in uh, Bishu Lake, yep. but we do that by the phone. Ooh. Yeah, and we did, then we sent them a fax and stuff because we have on file what the incinerator looks like every yep. year. Yep. So, and he can send us a picture of it and everything. So I was like, okay, we don't need to fly up there, which saves the government a lot of money, which is good. Mm -hmm. But, you know, for my personal, you know. You'd rather be flying. I'd rather, I'd rather fly, you well, know, I, to tap Wingo Lodge, you know, see what the fishing lodge looks like and all yep. that fun stuff. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a real treat. It is. And I got to fly out one time to, um, every now and then I got to fly, but uh, there's another time where I got to fly down to, I think it was called Wolverine Base. It's in the middle of nowhere, like almost straight south of Buffalo. Um, there, there's a, there's some kind of gas plant there. And if you wanted to drive there, which I could have, I would have to go down to Peace River and drive to 
Kadat Lake. Oh shit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I didn't really want to do that. Yeah. Amanda's like, we won't do that to no. you. I'm like, oh, thank you very much. That's, that's that would be unpleasant. Oh, that'd be almost worse. <laughs> worse. <laughs> worth more money going down there than it would be uh, uh, just flying there, I think. But that was good. You know, just parked the truck on the side of the highway and then the guy picked me up in a canola field. It was pretty sweet. <laughs> All the Mennonites were very confused what yep. was going on. Yep. I look like James Bond, I think. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> it looked badass for sure. Yeah, yeah so that was a great time. And like ever since then, um, we I think, I, I, well, we met each other then, but then I got to meet you another couple times because you started hanging out with Amanda Ashton. Yep. And um, a bunch of the other guys around the area, uh, Gosman. Yep. Um, Sean Gills wasn't here yet, but there's a few other boys that you got to, you started hanging out with. Yep. And then I got to really hang out with you when we were playing hockey. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so did you play hockey growing up as well? Nope. No, I played football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about that the other day. Um, so when did you start playing hockey? And I why goalie? Uh, I always wanted to be a goalie, as long as I can remember. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. I loved goalie when I was a kid, too, playing street hockey and yeah. floor hockey. I was, I was always really good at flopping around. Yeah, no, as long as I can remember. I mean, when I was playing street hockey, I was a goalie. I remember I had, like, the green rubber Cooper pads. <laughs> you know, I had, like, a, a, a baseball chest protector for, like, yeah. a catcher and my uh you know whatever i go and get like used goalie gear like proper goalie gear yeah. and, you know whatever i could scrounge up just 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 so i could play goalie but no i grew up playing football because mom and dad both did shift work mm -hmm. um so getting to the rink at six in the morning you know wasn't always a possibility pretty rough yeah so pretty rough pretty expensive um so it just uh, just wasn't in the cards for me uh and that's fine i i played football and i i love football um, I started playing hockey when I got, uh, when I worked for Harbor Air, when I was, uh, wrenching on the, uh, the fixed wing, the flow planes. Mm -hmm. And we kind of got, um, no, no, sorry. I'm wrong. I started playing hockey with my friends. It was my, my, my best friend, Jay. Mm -hmm. Uh, he was working week on week off, uh, as a painter, uh, automotive painter. And I was working three days or sorry, four days on one Four days on, three days off. Okay. So it, it worked out that we overlapped a bunch of days and we both liked hockey. And we were like, well, shit, what are we going to do for our three days off? Because I'll be just hung out together. And like, well, let's, let's skate. Can you skate? No, I can't skate. Can you <laughs> skate? Nope. So we basically taught ourselves how to skate. And, um, Man, I haven't, I haven't thought about this in a long time. And so we That's talk, what we do in the podcast. Yeah, no, That's it's what we awesome. Do. We start digging in the vaults and that brain of yours. brings up all sorts of shit. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we, we started skating. And then we found out that if you book, like there's a bunch of rinks kind of in that South Surrey White Rock oh, area. Oh, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. So we found out that if you book it uh, 24 hours in advance... It's super cheap, like a hundred bucks. Oh like, wow! Uh, yeah, like for an hour. Yeah, yeah. Or like a you know hour and a half, whatever. Yeah. So totally. like we book it twenty four hours before, and we just got a bunch of our friends together, and we started playing, and we just started playing hockey, and uh, you know just open ice and my one buddy Aaron. I mean he's he was a demon. He's a good hockey player, and then there was a bunch of Joe Spodleys rolling around the ice and just just crushing into boards and just having a great time. And then that morphed into. Um, I think it was uh, Jay's, a bunch of guys from Jay's body shop and, and paint shop came mm -hmm. out and played with us. And then I got uh, the Harbor Air Boys. We kind of got our own ice time and got that going. And uh, it was, it just, it was like our Friday night thing. Like we yeah. didn't, we didn't go out. Well, we did go out boozing, but a lot, <laughs> we saved that for Saturday night. But, you know, I mean, we weren't out carrying on and causing a ruckus. I mean, for the most part, we just played hockey, like our yeah. group of friends, which was super awesome. 
And uh, that's where I started learning how to play goal. Um, so you, you first started skating a little bit. Yeah. And then you moved to goalie after you yeah. got the basics of skating down. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. No, uh, I, uh, I, that's, that's how it went. And then, and then, uh, you know, just moving here and there and taking the goalie pads with you and getting a game in whenever you can. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, when I was in Peace River, I, I played for a senior men's team as a backup and that was well above my pay grade for yeah. sure. Yeah. I got in, I got in for a game and yeah, I got shelled pretty hard. Um, but, uh, you know, now, now in, in high level, I mean, I've been playing old bones for the last five years. We are old bones now, eh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So Tolco, so we play Friday mornings mm -hmm. and, um, the RCMP, they, uh, they used to have an afternoon skate on Fridays with a bunch of their members. And uh, at, at the time there was a lot of boys. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, we had a early morning skate with Tolco and then I'd have an afternoon skate with, uh, the RCMP and then we had old bones yeah. at night. So, I mean, it was a three skate day for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it was nice because work was flexible with, with let me do that. Cause it's winter time, it's slower. So not a big deal. Um, and then, yeah, now, now I just play with the old bones with Tolko. So that's three skates a week. Mm -hmm. There is a men's league here, but again, with, with my work, it's, it's, it's tough to be able to make it out for a bunch of the games. So it's, uh, uh, yeah, I just, I love it. It's, it's a great position. It's a challenging position. Um, I like having a little bit of pressure on me to, mm -hmm. to backstop the team. Yeah. Um, even if we're, we just, I mean, like we don't keep score. We yeah. just have fun. You're, but, you're the kind of goalie that I'd rather have a few more shots than hardly any shots at all. I think any goalie would want that. Yeah. Um, if, if you don't get enough, if you don't get enough work, uh, you get cold. And then all of a sudden somebody gets a breakaway and it's like, holy shit, I haven't seen a puck in five minutes. <laughs> He's coming really fast at me yeah, too with the absolutely. puck. absolutely. Whereas if you're getting peppered real hard, I mean, you really get into the zone and some days the puck looks real big and you just, you can just, you see the angles and you see what you need to do and you stop the puck. And then there's games when it's just like, holy fuck, like, ugh. You know, I don't know what it is, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I really, I really enjoy that position. I enjoy attacking the puck. I enjoy defending my crease. Um, it's, it's, you know, really fun. I, I enjoy the relationship between the defenseman and, and the goalie. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's just a great position. I just, I really, truly love it. Right on, it's, man. yeah, it's, it's so awesome. No, I've always wanted to try it out. Like one of these days, like just talk to the guys, like, there was times where I was thinking, even then, like, oh, maybe I'll just, if Greg can't make it tomorrow, I'll just call him up and see if I can borrow his gear for the next morning. Because oh, yeah. we're not too uh, far different in sizes. But uh, it's just one of those times where I'm like, okay, I don't want to go there because you'll get one guy in Toko who's going to try to do all his fancy dangles on you. It's like, yeah. come on, like, I'm just I'm here to kind of learn. Yeah. I don't want to get all disgruntled and never play this again. But uh, one of these days, I'll try to throw on the pads and do my best in, in that position because it can be tricky and it's totally different than street hockey or road oh hockey. yeah no like I, I i couldn't play i couldn't play street hockey goalie now no j no fuck no no just just with the style that you play on the ice with yeah no i, I couldn't you, you can't do that on on the ground yeah or sorry on the, uh like street hockey unless you want to destroy your pads yeah, yeah um but no it's you know, goaltending used to be like, okay, so that, that big fat kid can't skate. <laughs> uh, okay, here's your goalie pads. Go stand in the net yep. and try and stop pucks. Mm -hmm. And now it's now it's a very technical position. I mean, there's goalie camps, there's tra trainers, there's oh. online videos. There's I think that's just for any any, any kind of sport now. Anything. Yeah, like they, they see you like, oh, he's, he's a fast skater. Okay, let's work on that yeah. kind of thing. Like they'll, they'll, and then they just develop you because there's, 
there's just camps on skating. Yep, absolutely. Like yeah. Power skating, uh, goaltending camps. I mean, and, and it's a it's a huge business, huge oh, business. God. Um, you know, being a goalie is also tough because the cost of being a goalie. I mean, it's brutal. Absolutely brutal. It's tremendously expensive. Like you'll see the pads on sale and they'll be like two grand. And like, oh, that's a good deal. And like, wait, what? Yeah, no, my uh, my uh, my pads. So my my leg pads, glove and blocker, uh, were used. They're pro return pads. So that means that the the, the manufacturers, in, in my case, Brian's, uh, they send out the pads to different pro teams or mm -hmm. different goalies that are, you know, using their equipment. Like, here's the new generation of this pad in your size. Uh, try it out. Mm -hmm. Let us know what you think. And then, you know, those go around to a few different organizations, teams, pro teams, junior teams, whatever it is. Yeah. And then when those pads are done, you know, the whoever's done with them, they go back, Brian sells them to whomever, and then you buy them from there. So you can usually That's a good get... system. It is, because yep. you can usually get, like, a pro-level pad um, for a reasonably good price. Like, mm -hmm. I paid 1500 bucks, no, less, $1,400 bucks, uh, for, for two leg pads and glove and blocker. And those are probably twenty five hundred to three grand at the time, mm -hmm. um, and pro level pads because there's different levels of pads. I mean, there there's pro, there's intermediate, there's you know whatever it is. Yep. And and the pro level pads, like I bought them probably four years ago, and they've held up like incredible. Well, you're well. getting quality too, right? You get the quality, yeah. and that's that's the thing. You get what you pay for. Yeah, you're gonna get you're gonna get quality. You're gonna get protection. Yeah, it's gonna last a long time. Yeah, like so. somebody can rip a clapper at me, and it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, whereas if you had a lesser a lesser level pad, you oh. all right. Here we go. It's gonna sting. Yeah, this is not gonna feel good. <laughs> Funny little story. I was playing. Uh, I'm not the goalie that I once was for street hockey and floor <laughs> hockey. Yeah. Uh, I used to be sensational, but now it's I don't know if it's just my knee and then uh, I don't know just laziness. Like it's like ah, uh, when you're a kid, you're like I'm gonna win the Stanley Cup. Yep. And now it's just like ah, uh, I guess I'll just try. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're, we're playing and uh, my, my the Helitech leader uh, my crew Kevin he was the other goalie and he got to the gear first and then I got to the, the scraps and for whatever reason I'm not sure what uh, our hack crews are doing when they're done playing but I couldn't find the other the other cup the mm -hmm. other jock Ooh. So I went to my room and I grabbed a flip flop, <laughs> <laughs> and you know what I took a couple pucks in that area and yeah. it did a really good job. Really? It, it did really good. I didn't feel a thing. Really? I heard it go, <laughs> and I'm like, wow. perfect. All right, let's go. I, I feel comfortable now because I went right down butterfly mode. Yeah. Noah took a nice wrist shot right into my my area. and Your yeah. grundle. <laughs> right, right, a little bit higher than the five hole. Uh, yeah, and yeah, it was perfect. And I'm like, all right, cool. I got a nice backup here. Because what I used to do is I'd just like get some cardboard. And I'd cut it in that shape and maybe wrap it in a t-shirt yeah. uh, so it wouldn't jab you in the leg. Wow. But it, it just wasn't as comfortable and it was just awkward and weird and stuff. But we have wow. a cup somewhere else. I just can't find it for the life of me. Man, oh, man. Like, I wear a goalie jock and I've taken some pucks in that uh, that area, too. That does not feel good. Well, like these that. are just, like, street hockey balls. Yeah. They're, they're not nearly as bad True. as a three-inch chunk of rubber. And some of those guys up north here, like, people think... Oh yeah, okay, Northern Alberta, whatever. Like you don't have any good hockey players. Like all the guys are the hey, ones that played in Toronto and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, they might have played in Toronto, but now they come up here. We've got two guys in uh, in in Hell Attack right now that played OHL. Who? Uh, Zach Thibodeau, Chubbs. Chubbs? He played. Yeah, he was a defenseman. No way. Yeah, yeah, he played practice squad for the Kitchener Rangers. Holy shit. Uh, he played, I think, about five or six games. No way. Yeah, yeah, but he was just mainly practice squad. And then uh, Colin, um, he he's on Carey's crew right now. He's the rookie for the him. 
Oh, oh sorry, yeah, rookie on that crew. Okay, I don't think I've been taller. Him. He's got a big handlebar mustache. Okay, right yeah, now, I've seen he, him. Rookies have to grow mustaches when you fight fires up here. So that's yep. it's pretty funny. All these all these <laughs> rookies have some of them can grow pretty nice ones. Some of them can't grow them at all. Yeah, no. Um, so yeah, Colin, he actually played practice squad for the Guelph Storm. Oh wow. Yeah. So again, he played a few games, it's major but, league shit. And he was also a uh, defenseman. So mm. you look at Chubbs and you look at this guy. So Colin's about six foot two and like two hundred and. I think he was 220 pounds when he was in the O. Yeah. And, yeah, pretty good friggin' player. And I think his brother got scouted, too. And, actually, Colin's got a really fun story that I'm actually going to interview him later. Um, he got on for, what was it? A prospect camp. So, like, still, like, when you look at it in NHL-wise, it's very, very far away. Yeah. Very, very far away from making the actual show when you don't get drafted. But still, like, that's one hell of an honor to Vancouver. No shit. The Canucks gave him a prospect camp. No shit. Just because he knew some guys and like, all right, well, yeah, we'll just throw you in there. Like, we'll see how it goes. Didn't work out for him, but that's still one hell of a thing to, you know, to say. And like, I didn't, we were talking about hockey at the time and I was asking, like, I was really digging for it. He's not one of those guys that just brings it up. Both of them are very, very humble and they don't, they don't really talk about, you know, how awesome they are at hockey. And, you know, they're, they're a lot of fun to play with on, on, on the pad too. They're not too flashy. Yeah. yeah, So that's what you really want where, you know, you get some guys, um, do you know Constable Snow? Oh, Gar- oh yeah, 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 yeah. Garth, yeah. Garth, no, no, not 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 Darth. No, <laughs> no <laughs> he, yeah, he played Charlottetown. Oh yeah, no, I believe it. He's, yeah, he's uh, really good. He came out with the old bones a lot, and uh, holy shit balls! I mean, that guy, that guy can play. Yeah, he's a fast little guy too. Yep. But it's such a big smile on his face though. He's oh. he's hilarious. Oh yeah, no, we there's there's a couple members right now that uh, that are good, like Brian. Um, oh, I don't remember his last name. Such a nice guy though, and I mean. He played, I'm pretty sure he played junior as well. Mm-hmm. And the guy's got a release that's just like instantaneous. Yeah. Like he'll, he'll, he'll come down a wing and he's always playing against me. Same with freaking Gosman. <laughs> and yeah. uh, that's one guy, like, it's so funny. Everyone just keeps asking me. It's like, how, how, like, what level do you play? What level do you play? I'm like, dude, he started playing like maybe six years ago. Yeah. And Gosman's good. he's 39 years old now. He's, I think. he's just a natural athlete. Oh, yeah. He, and he's super competitive. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. he will study on how to play. Where I go, I'm like, oh, yeah, I watch hockey and I know the right wing has to stay on the right side. <laughs> <laughs> put, the, put the puck in front of the net. Just a really crappy beer league version of Ryan Smith. That's all I do. Yep. But yeah, yeah. Gosman and Snow and this guy. Like, I'm sure that's just lots of fun for you. Yeah, it is. You know, it, it, the, the good thing about the old bones and, and the Tolko skates and stuff like that is. Depending on who is on the ice, so like if Gosman's coming down the wing, or or somebody uh, with with a higher skill level, they're gonna play to the skill level of the defenseman that's trying to check them. Mm-hmm. So if it's you know a person like if I was trying to play defense, I mean they'd give me you know they wouldn't they wouldn't just dangle right around me. They, yeah. they'd play with me a little yeah, bit, yeah. And make it look like I was you know doing something. When, <laughs> I almost got him. I almost got him. Yeah, but where in reality they could just like absolutely dangle right around me. Yeah. And it's the same if I'm, you know, sometimes I'll play forward if we've got, you know, an extra goalie or it's my turn. I'll play forward, I'll play on the wing, and I'll come in and the, the defensemen, they're just like, you know, way better than I am as a forward. Mm-hmm. And they'll just, you know, kind of poke, poke, poke. So it's a pretty good, uh, fair, you know, system. Like not, not very often you got a, a guy that's going to come in and just dangle right around you. So, mm-hmm. but if it's a good forward coming in on a good defenseman, it's game on. Yeah. And uh, it makes it real fun uh, for me as a goalie uh, to, to face those quick shots. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, when you have two good teams playing each other, you know, and, the, and you've got the puck movement and you've got the defense and, you know, you're trying to track the puck and find it. And, 
just, just everything about it is just so much fun. Yeah, yeah it's 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 hockey. It's, just, it's awesome. So Gosman and I were able to convince you to come to the NCHL draft tournament a couple of years ago yep. in Jasper when I was living there. And how did you like that? Oh, that was... What I remember of it was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> I, big, uh, big party. Big yeah, party. we went out... Uh, we did the draft, which was... Uh, wow, that was a lot of beer. Yeah. A lot of beer. A lot of beer, a lot, a lot of shots. Good, a lot of good beer. Yeah. Um, I brewed that beer. You did. Yeah, you they, did were so, they were job. so thrilled. And, uh, I mean, the, the, the next morning, like, we got home, I slept on the floor, and uh, I woke up, and I'm like, okay, I feel okay. And uh, then I sat up. I was like, no, no, this is not good. <laughs> not good. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> we, I gave the keys to Mike Morgan. Yep. Because um, I was in no shape to drive. I was good to play hockey, but mm-hmm. not, not to drive. And so he started driving, and we literally moved, I don't know, maybe 50 meters. And I'm like, Mikey, pull over. <laughs> no, I didn't hear about this. Oh, you didn't hear about this? No. Oh, yeah. Uh. I was like, so we weren't, like, you know the cabins we were staying at? Yeah. Um, and so we literally went 50, 50 meters, yep. and I got out and then puked behind the dumpster. I already had my jersey on, and I'm just, like, power heaving, like, power heaving. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, so there's the truck, the door's open, sitting in the middle of the road. I'm in my, I'm in my jersey for the tournament barfing beside a dumpster and there's all these Asian tourists walking around I'm like welcome to Canada <laughs> hop back in the truck and down to the tournament we went yep and I'm, that's uh, I'm gonna have to interrupt you for a second did I ever tell you that my friend and his family runs that lodge no yep oh <laughs> well, tell, tell them I'm sorry yeah they, they sometimes <laughs> listen to the podcast too so yeah tell yeah. them uh, tell them I'm sorry about that uh, oh I'm sure the rain cleaned it up or maybe the elk or whatever yeah something cleaned it up but, uh, but you know what I really I felt I felt very Canadian at that point yeah. you know barfing behind a dumpster in my my hockey team's jersey yeah you know I mean what's what's more Canadian than that yeah you know I mean maybe if I was chugging maple syrup too I mean that, yeah. you know, <laughs> wash it down oh god yeah. This yeah. puke, gotta get the puke flavor out of Let's here. Let's get some maple hockey. syrup. Let's yeah, some hockey boys. Yeah, because you, Gosman, and myself were all on the same team then. Yep. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yep. Actually, uh, no, you, you you know my buddy that runs the, the lodge there. He was on the same team, Nathan, Nathan Deer. Uh-huh. He was the one with the longer hair. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he was getting a little bit competitive there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it was, oh, man, that was a fun tourney. Yeah. That was the only, that's the only one you've been to so far, right? Yeah. Yeah, I missed the last couple of years. Uh, so you're sh- really shooting for this fall. I would love to make it back for this fall. Yeah, and you're not going to be able to make it to Salzburg. You yeah, have, uh, no, that sounds pretty epic. Yeah, I, I definitely can't make it. I'll for let you that. know how it goes. Maybe we'll be able to do a few more and whatnot. Yeah, no, I'd love to, uh, love to make it for that one. Because, uh, hello, rookie. Hi. Oh, rookie's going to have a nap while we listen to podcasts. Yeah, he's going to listen to podcasts while we're talking on a podcast. What are you doing, Cam? There's a helicopter going on in the back, and Greg is going to be uh, grading him here. Yeah, so they've hooked him up to uh, a pretty big load, and he's having to work for it. A sling. You got a, a big sling net, and they're going to hook it up to a yeah. so they're, long they're, line. They're tree planting right now, and uh, how it works is the blocks are sometimes the, where they log. They log in the wintertime because um, it's frozen. So they can get the trucks in there and they can get the equipment in there and, and whatnot. And so you obviously can't plant trees in the winter because the ground's frozen. So they plant them in the uh, in the spring and summer. 
but you have to fly them out. So you fly them out with a helicopter. And uh, sometimes it's a little bit heavy. There he goes. There you go, Cam. Just a little bit of work. He's been struggling the last couple times too, eh? Yeah, sometimes, you know, you get, you get, it's warm outside and, you know, it's, yeah. uh, it is what it is. It just, uh, you don't get you know, that lift. Yeah, you just got to work with it and, and get the load, uh, get the trees out there. And then you'll go out and you'll put them in what's called caches and, um, and then the, you'll, uh, you know, you'll have tree planters out there already. Um, and then uh, they'll pull them out of the boxes and start putting them in the ground. There you go. So, yeah, we do a fair amount of that. All right, well, Greg, uh, we're coming up. We just passed the one hour mark. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, we still got a few hours in the day. Did you want to record another one here? We can do another one if you want, yeah. All right, there you go. Well, this is the end of part one. I just wanted to see if we're going to lead up to another part two here uh, with Greg Reed, the pilot, uh, also known as Delta Greg. Delta Greg. Uh, <laughs> or uh, Captain Craig. Oh, geez. <laughs> there we go. So, uh, yeah, thank you for listening, guys, and we'll be right back with another uh, episode. <laughs>